No Common Vision on Ukraine. Today, Friday, March 14th, this is the world. I'm Carol Hills in for Marco Werman. The U.S. says it won't recognize the outcome of Sunday's referendum in Crimea. But Crimeans are already calling the result. Everyone expects that the vote will be for Russia. Also, memories of working at a Ukrainian zoo. Somebody stole a swan and somebody stole an eagle. Luckily not on my shift, but I can imagine the swan, they probably eaten it. And later, a Marine Corps trombonist on what fighting wars and playing jazz have in common. Improvisation is not just making it up as you go along. It's the ability to be creative within and around a known set of boundaries for which you've prepared a great deal. That's all ahead on The World. Support for PRI's The World comes from Medtronic, searching for runners who benefit from medical technology to run in the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon or Medtronic 10-Mile Run. Application and information available at medtronic.com slash globalheroes. I'm Carol Hills in for Marco Werman, and this is The World. No common vision. That's how Russia's foreign minister summed up his talks today with Secretary of State John Kerry on the crisis in Ukraine. Kerry was more direct. He said the U.S. and the West would not recognize the outcome of Sunday's referendum in Crimea. But despite U.S. efforts to delay it, the vote on whether Crimea should secede from Ukraine and join Russia is expected to happen. The CBC's Derek Stoffel is in the Crimean port of Sevastopol. He says that while Russia supporters there are out waving flags, those who support staying in Ukraine are keeping a low profile. It is harder to see the the pro-Ukrainians. They are out there. You know, it's hard to gauge them. But the pro-Russian messages are all over the place. But the Ukrainians, you know, they don't have the same organization and they don't have the same money. And also, they're, they're, they just don't want to go out because they've been roughed up when they've had rallies. So the, the pro-Ukrainian side exists. They're there. They support Ukraine, but they're not doing it nearly as vocally. When you talk to people there, how are they expecting the referendum to go on Sunday? Everyone expects that the vote will be for Russia. On the Ukrainian side, there's a lot of people who think that the vote will be rigged. Talking to several Ukrainian supporters who say, what can we do? Uh, you know, they are going to win this referendum. And that's the big question then becomes, what do we do next? And uh, that is the big question in terms of the uncertainty here. And uh, the people I've been speaking to, I went to a bar the other night, met with some young Ukrainians supporting the, the Ukrainian side. One of the guys told me that he thinks he's going to have to move back to Ukraine. Another woman, you know, she's got a good job in Simferopol. She wasn't sure. So there's a lot of uncertainty on the pro-Ukrainian side. On the other side, you know, those who back Russia, they're excited. I just met a woman, uh, an older woman. She said she's been waiting to cast her ballot for Russia for more than 20 years now. She's she's very excited about all this. It's interesting. You mentioned the a pro-Ukrainian person that you said back to Ukraine, but of course, Crimea is still technically part of Ukraine. But anyway, um, we've been hearing stories about an influx of Russian troops and material into Sevastopol uh, brought over by Russian warships. Are you seeing any of that? Absolutely. Um, I can't say for certain that it was Russian vehicles, but leaving Simferopol this morning, there must have been, I think we, I counted about 18 vehicles, you know, big army trucks, uh, the transport trucks, and couldn't exactly tell if there was troops in the back. But the main highway between Sevastopol and, and Simferopol, we saw this huge convoy, and we're hearing reports that Russian ships brought in more troops and supplies today here at this port. 
So we know they're here. In all, we've been told that there are about 30,000 Russian troops here, and that's uh, you know quite a lot more than the 6,000 that were based here before all this uh, broke out, what, it's about three weeks ago now. Now, one of the key things about uh, Sevastopol is that Russia and Ukraine share a naval base. Is that sharing still going on, or is basically Russia <laughs> taking over the naval base? They've taken it over, and uh, what they've done is they've basically, here in Sevastopol, they've forced the Ukrainians into their quarters. They're not allowed to leave, and um, the, the ships aren't allowed to leave. And I just want to tell a, a quick story. I spent the day on board the, another big Ukrainian Navy ship. This ship is being blocked. The, they, the Russians have actually sunk three of their own vessels at the entrance to the inlet, and so the ships can't get out. They prevented that, and that's meant, you know, these hundreds of, of sailors are now on their boat, humiliated. They're, they're not able to leave, and they're faced with this choice. What happens if Crimea... Be